Good morning again. Just where you're seated, let me pray. May God's word be spoken, may God's word be heard, and may God's word be lived. Amen. My maternal grandfather was a businessman who had interest in Germany. And so in uh, World War II, he was recruited by the British intelligence agency, MI5 is an undercover asset. And I was enthralled as a young child with the shadowy snippets that my mother used to tell me about this time in his life. I love James Bond movies and Stieg Larsson novels. And so it's unsurprising that my favorite historical character from the Bible, or at least one of them, is Joshua, who we just heard about. Joshua's who I want to be when I grow up. An energetic young spy. He was a charismatic leader, a strategic thinker. He was humble, yet confident, strong, and courageous. He was probably even good-looking. I want to be that kind of leader. I want to be that kind of mother, wife, friend. Maybe you do too. Yet with no clear sense of when we will be all vaccinated or even get a haircut. Strong and courageous are not exactly the words that I would use to describe myself right now. As we mark uh, one year of our COVID lives, how might we become like Joshua? Today, what I want to do is look with you at how the second Joshua, Jesus, can make us become like the first. The second Joshua, Jesus, makes us safe so that we can be brave, safe so we can be strong and courageous, both in our personal lives but also as we move forward as a community here at St. Paul's in a new season. Some of you joining us today are spiritually searching, you're curious or critical. Others of you have been learning how to follow Jesus your whole lives. Regardless, I'm glad you're here today. If you have a Bible or you can pull it up on your phone, you might wanna keep Joshua chapter one open Let's see how the second Joshua can shape us to be like the first, strong and courageous. Now, our passage today takes place roughly in 1500 BC, uh, before Christ as well as before COVID. And mighty Moses, a man who still makes up top 10 lists of the greatest people of all time, has led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and they're now finally on the edge of the new home that God has promised them, roughly modern-day Israel. The problem is the promised land already had inhabitants, the Canaanites, who had to be driven out. And while unfortunately we don't have time to explore it today, there are thoughtful reasons why this military conquest of Canaan does not justify ethnic cleansing or a colonial imperialism. But as the Israelites are preparing to enter the promised land, they decide to send out 12 spies, one from each of their 12 tribes to check out the land. 
And Joshua is chosen out of 40,000 men from his tribe of Ephraim to be part of this elite special ops force sent on a dangerous mission into occupied territory. And along with his friend Caleb, he was the only one out of the 12 spies to come back with an optimistic report. Uh, the other 10 were convinced that the Israelites did not have the resources or the capability to defeat the Canaanites. But Joshua and Caleb disagreed. We can do this, they said to Moses. We've got this. And so we come to our passage this morning. They're now camped about seven miles east of the River Jordan, and elderly Moses has just died. Our opening verse. After the death of Moses. This is an immense moment for these people. And with the corner office now vacant, young Joshua steps forward into the limelight. And you can bet that there was plenty of, well, he ain't no Moses, flying around that camp that morning. While honoring Moses, God is clearly moving on. Get going, Joshua. Cross the Jordan. I have a job for you to do. And at this pivotal moment, God personally speaks to young Joshua, telling him three times, be strong and very courageous. It's been said that we shouldn't ask for a task equal to our powers, but rather ask for powers equal to the task. And God knew that Joshua would need powers equal to the immense task in front of him. And Joshua succeeded, finishing what mighty Moses wasn't able to complete. So how did Joshua do it? What was the secret? And most importantly, how does it impact our uh, daily lives? Well, Joshua was able to trust the promises that God was making to him because Joshua trusted the character of God. Verse 5, God speaking. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Therefore, be strong and courageous. It's quite a stunning promise. You and I live in a world of broken ones. You know, from the vacuous promises of a gym equipment and face creams to the painfully broken promises of friends or spouses or work colleagues. The promise given was a necessity of the past. The promise broken is a necessity of the present. Niccolo Machiavelli. It is useless to hold a person to anything he says when he's in love, drunk, or running for office. Shirley MacLaine. And so it's understandable that we come to the promises that we find in Scripture with a healthy dose of urbanely sophisticated cynicism. And while cynicism certainly abounds, our daily lives are deeply shaped by the promises made to us by our partners and our careers. 
they have such power to mold our lives, mold the direction of our lives. The question is, which promises are we going to let do the molding? Joshua decided to let the promises of God do the molding in his life. And he trusted God because of what he knew of God's character. He had seen God lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. God was faithful to the Israelites while they wandered in the desert. And now here they were about to enter the promised land, the new home that God was going to give them. God had promised and God had delivered. Elizabeth Elliot, a 20th century missionary who died in Ecuador, wrote that if you fear God, you will become fearless. And by fear, she didn't mean the emotion of being afraid. No, she meant being in awe of God's character, being amazed that God is the one person who is exactly who they say they are, and therefore the one person you can truly count on for the future. Fear God and become fearless. Verse 9. I command you, says God, do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a wonderful promise. One that Joshua takes to the bank because he's grown to trust the character of the one who made the promise, the character of God. Now this, I think, is where the passage gets really interesting for us, listening to it some 3,500 years later. Because it's actually the record of a man named Jesus who led his people into the promised land. Jesus is simply the Greek transliteration, Jesus, of the Hebrew name Yeshua, Joshua, which means God rescues. And you don't have to read much of the book of Joshua to discover that the main point of Joshua's life didn't actually have to do with Joshua. He is worthy of emulation. I want to be him when I grow up. But simply because he points us to Jesus. He is an impressive leader. But after Joshua died, it all went to hell in a handbasket. And the Israelites quickly fell back into their old self-destructive habits and ways. And the leadership of the first Joshua simply couldn't take them the whole way. The whole way into fulfilling lives in the promised land. But fast forward to when the second Joshua is born. In Jesus, the true and better Joshua. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, we see revealed for us the character of God. A character I would contend that is worthy of our trust. It is the second Joshua, Jesus, who can make us like the first Joshua. Jesus makes us safe so we can be strong and courageous, both in our personal lives, but also as a community here at St. Paul's as we step into a fresh season. But how does Jesus do this? 
How does he make us safe? And safe from what? Ernest Becker won the Pulitzer Prize for his book, The Denial of Death. And in it, he notes that our need for self-worth and identity is so powerful that what we value in life, what we base our identity on, we essentially deify. We make it the god of our lives. Uh, The cosmetic industry feeds off this deep fear of aging and death. Our competitive parenting happens even in lockdown. Our competitive parenting stems from the same fear. And our consumer lifestyles, well, they make sense if this is the one and only life we have to lead. Becker argues that our deepest fear is that fear of death. Our fear that our sin and brokenness will eventually lead to the extinguishing of our lives with no hope for anything beyond. And yet Christians, Christians celebrate that Jesus took our sin on the cross, went down into the pit of death, took us with him and came out the other side so that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we're made safe from both the present and eternal consequences of our brokenness. On the cross, Jesus did perfectly for us what Joshua could not do for the Israelites. Joshua could impact the Israelites' external circumstances very successfully. He took them into the promised land, a land we're told that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a a whole foods in the making. But he wasn't able to impact their internal lives. And so their old destructive patterns kept returning. Relationship breakdown, tribal infighting, greed, disillusionment, you know the drill. Now the sin and brokenness in my internal life, well, it takes many forms. My small dreams and yet my delusions of grandeur, my constant predilection to put my own needs and pleasures uh, in front of the needs of our created world. Uh, The list goes on. And eternal safety from things which could destroy me and hurt you is not to be undervalued. But remember, the second Joshua makes us safe for a purpose so we can be like the first Joshua, strong and courageous. Now, what might this strength look like in our our daily lives? The kids have just gone back to school. Many jobs have been lost. How do you date in a pandemic? And the uh, toll on our mental health is yet to be fully revealed or understood. What might this strength look like in the face of our suffering right now? Well, if we're very focused on leading ethical or moral lives, then we often handle suffering through a lot of guilt. What have I done wrong to deserve this? And then underneath that guilt is usually anger at God, even if we don't articulate it that way. Why me, God? Why is this happening to me? I've lived such a good life. And that combination of guilt and anger is incredibly emotionally corrosive. It's terrible. 
Or on the other hand, we tend to be realists, you know, pragmatists. And we'll do all in our power to avoid suffering. We will uh, break promises. We'll spend money. You know, Amazon Prime has our credit card on autofill. Uh, we'll lie if necessary. Whatever it takes to maintain our personal equilibrium, our, our personal happiness. But a person who's learning how to follow Jesus Christ who's not a, a moralist, uh, nor are they a realist, but someone who's learning how to follow Jesus is experiencing how the love of Jesus can make them strong and courageous in the face of our inevitable suffering in life. The second Joshua shows us how God saves us through suffering, not from it. We can be strong because we're not devastated by guilt or consumed by anger when we do suffer. And because we know that Jesus went to hell and back for us, we then have the emotional resources to be frontline workers, frontline workers fighting against poverty and disease and injustice, um, unjust structures in government and the economy both here in our city of Toronto, but also around the world. What might this strength and courage look like at St. Paul's as we move forward together? Well, I'm really delighted to be your next rector, your new rector, building on the faithful and creative legacy of Barry Parker. And I really look forward to getting to know uh, each of you, hopefully in person, in the coming months. Richard Muse Benson founded an Anglican monastic order in Oxford in 1866, and he wrote this. We must live in the world as those who have been with Jesus and not enter upon new spheres of life with an old heart. That would be to set about new things in an old way. Rather, we must set about old things in a new way. We must set about old things in a new way. We don't know yet what the contours of the post-COVID world are going to look like. We don't even know when they're going to emerge. But if we are going to be strong and courageous together as a Christian community right in the heart of this global city, then we must stay rooted in old things, yet in a new way. Verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. We are going to have to find new and fresh ways to immerse ourselves in God's word. A whole new world is opened up for us to do this online. And critically, we must be doing this in our homes, nurturing our own spiritual lives through the ancient practices of the church and discipling our children and grandchildren in the life's transforming truths of scripture and the rhythms of daily prayer. We're going to find new ways to share the hope found in Christ Jesus with people who've never heard it, or maybe they've experienced a, a distorted or a painful version of it. 
And one way for us to do this is by revitalizing St. George by the Grange, right by the AGO. Rooted in scripture and prayer, Joshua took strategic action. And we're committed here at St. Paul's to taking strategic action to renew other Anglican churches so there can be more of us to serve the poor together and challenge injustice. I am neither optimistic nor pessimistic about the future. Rather, I am hopeful. I'm hopeful because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I am hopeful because the second Joshua can make us like the first. And I am hopeful that despite my sins and failings, and despite yours, Christianity is a team sport, and we have been given to each other for a new season here at St. Paul's. As Barry said at his retirement party, at St. Paul's, we've chosen to be a community of hope. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you're welcome here in this church. And let's move forward together, following the God who can make us strong and courageous. Thanks be to God. Amen.